Hey Colin, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries, just listening to your latest episode. And yeah, when you're talking about the um, the Black Hat game, which obviously I played a few sessions in, I didn't really get bored with the system as such, but I do agree what was sort of originally pitched as, you know, it's like a, a drop-in, drop-out game. You know, you don't really need to be like, up on anything. As it went on, it did start to feel more and more like because of the intricacies, as you said in your episode, that if you'd miss like a few episodes, you didn't really have a clue what's going on. I mean, I certainly know when I tried to keep up with it via what other people were talking about, I was having like missed a few sessions. I was like, I, I really honestly don't have a clue what's going on. You're in an entirely different place. And like the whole like drop in, drop out sort of nature of the game was as was originally put out, seemed to just sort of like fade into the background and it became more like a, an actual campaign with like a shifting cast of characters. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that for me personally, being only able to play occasionally, after a bit it got so I was like, oh, do you know what, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend the time like trying to bring myself up to speed to play in one session and like a few weeks later I'll have to bring myself up to speed again. Now maybe that's just me being lazy, I don't know, but for a sort of drop-in, drop-out occasional session, for me personally, it was more trouble than it was worth. But like I say, that's just me personally. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the game. It was very enjoyable when I played it. I had no problems with the rules. I quite liked those. I had no problem with the way it was run or anything like that. I just found that a drop-in, drop-out game, I think, works better with something like Cody's Barra Maze, where you don't really need loads of background. You can just jump in, explore some dungeons, happy days. Whereas I think the Black Hat game started to move away from that. But like I say, that's just my opinion. Anyway, take care, dude. I'll catch you soon. Continuing the discussion then. Got a couple of call-ins. First, that was John, John Large. And kind of um, lending some support to my assessment of how it panned out with, with the Black Hat game. Um, I, I don't think I'd, I've spoken with John about this, uh, but perhaps he was one of the players that was getting a little left behind. Perhaps it was voiced. It might have even been Dave that said it. I know he talked about the fact that he felt it had moved away from the drop-in, drop-out format, if that's a thing. So interesting thing to ponder though definition of long term play when when is when is a campaign deemed a lasting campaign and I feel definitely in fact well the black hack black hack and when I recall a discussion amongst the anchor community at the time a, a lot of yeah, kind of um, folk were, were, were making assumptions about whether the black hack could go the distance without without trying it um, and I think that's that's the sort of thing that I like to put to the test and it's the sort of thing that I like to challenge you know these assumptions that, that get made uh, and the black hack kind of got got dragged into this this discussion before, and it, it's there again. And I feel like uh, Dave did prove that that certainly with the group he was playing with and his own style, 
it worked out pretty nicely in, in developed depth and progression. And of course, he was adding stuff to it all the time, developing it, bringing what he wanted to see into the game. And the players were bringing what they wanted to see to the game. It was definitely firing people's imaginations. And perhaps in John's case, that became a, a bit too much in terms of investment outside of the session. He says he, 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 uh, he kind of couldn't keep up with it. And that was my suspicion. And I think a few people may, maybe share, shared that, that feeling. And not a problem. It's just the way it is. Hey, Kyle and Jason here. I know this is a tangent and, and not your primary push in these episodes, but you had an episode a while back, and I forget the other game, but where you were talking to Sonny, you are talking about how, you know, Sonny was more inspired with the five e-books than one of the shorter rule sets. I don't know if it was Maze Rats or what, but where you'd put them both in front of him and, you know, and he got a lot more inspiration from the 5e stuff. So, while I don't doubt that, you know, you would be fine with Aaron back again for, you know, a year, a couple year long campaign, I do wonder if everybody in your group would be okay with that, or if they want to see that mechanical progression on the character sheets and the mechanical abilities and mechanical options in there, you know, like, like a more complicated board game is attractive to a simpler board game. But Jason is picking up and kind of, like he says, going off in a, 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 I don't know whether really a tangent. He's talking about Sunny and 5th edition, and I did indeed have the conversation. And as I say, our speakers are fine, and a lot of the observations I made about fueling the imagination comes from conversations with like my son and, and, and what excites him about a game, and certainly 5th edition fires his imagination and and that's why I'm playing fifth edition it's popular with my group everybody gets gets something from it and I, I would say a lot of it's to do with the the, the the glitz and the glamour and the razzmatazz and the buzz that you get with a game like that but I think in response to Jason the first thing I'd say is I am questioning here at a theoretical level because like perhaps a lot of people I haven't run a lighter game for a length of time because as you rightly point out my player group show a preference for 5th edition themselves I enjoy running it, I'm happy to run it so that's what I do I guess beyond the black hack I'm struggling to think of a, a, a good example to use for supporting the idea that perhaps you don't need necessarily need these this level pr progression and I don't know what you'd call it career path or whatever so to explore some other ways of, of bringing longevity to a campaign uh, beyond the ones I've talked about. So, so we've, we've got the inspirational 
material perhaps so for there and back again I think you could easily quite easily tap into all the vast array of Tolkien stuff out there the the films books audio like loads of stuff so I, I, I think it, I, I probably w- with my group I probably have a, a reasonable amount of success there uh, however what I would like I, I'd like to perhaps hear from people that have actually done this because my suspicion is a, a lot there's a lot of talk about games that that people haven't really given a fair crack at a whip to or haven't really explored they've they've kind of adopted opinions based on maybe other people's opinions or assumptions and things like that so what i'm i'm wondering and questioning is you know why why are we doing that and is there not is there not more out there so it's like it's like i'm looking to explore the subject so what my son likes and what my group does is really kind of by the by i've um i've used i've used up my examples because i've only played there and back again for about six hours uh but like i say i suspect i suspect that it wouldn't be a bad fit for trying to go longer but it's just the frustration of not enough hours in the day and there's a lot i want to do with with the jungle and with chult and i'm already trying to shoehorn ideas from adventures in middle earth the 5e compatible product so i've got my kind of my agenda full so if there's someone that is using a lighter game and doing something like dave did with the black hack perhaps i'd be super keen to hear some discussion in support of the theory because there's loads of people that are doing the other thing and yeah, I'm wondering, you know, why is that? Is is that because you've got some big companies spinning it up? Is it because that was the original way? So, you know, is it the old story? Oh, well, that's how we've always done it again. I don't know. That's what I'm curious about, and that's what I'm hoping to perhaps uncover a little bit more with, with this discussion. But uh, thanks for the call in, Jason. I appreciate your contribution. Now, pondering this a little bit further, I thought perhaps I could throw a little bit more light on my thinking um, with with an example of of perhaps my thought processes a little bit. Like I say, I've got these ideas for running my uh, D&D campaign and introducing some adventures in Middle-earth ideas one of the things i talked about was journeys and giving that uh developing that a little bit you know change things up a little bit this is that sort of development and progression that i'm talking about and one of the things i thought about was these guys have been knocking around in the jungle they're 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 becoming more familiar and practiced in jungle travel how in game terms do i reflect that 
um, and I was looking at the Wanderer in Adventures in Middle Earth, and he's got this um, ability. They well, they got this ability called No Lands, and and it, it, there's quite a few things that come packaged with that. But one of the things is they're able to during the I think it's the embarkation phase of the journey. They uh, they they get uh, they get some bonuses, and I thought, well, I could just take that aspect from from there and say to the players, you know, you've become familiar with the jungle. As I introduce the the journey rules, I'm going to say that when you're in the jungle, you're going to get this this buff, uh, and that works for me. I, I want to keep it pretty simple, saying I could just roll with that. Because traditionally, you you could you could like level up, or there are potentially um, proficiencies, skills, things like that that you that you could use. You could you could maybe award treasure, but I, f- I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect from from what they've actually been doing so whilst their characters are getting more hit points they're becoming more proficient uh, things like that it's not super tied to what they're actually doing which is one of the things i like about uh, the call of cthulhu system is or or any of those systems where you in you improve areas of your character that have, have been pertinent to the to the game so if, if you're doing uh, a lot of investigation for some reason or you're you're delving into the occult or the the, the Cthulhu mythos then perhaps your mythos is gonna go up <laughs> probably your sanity will go down but your mythos will go up or perhaps if you're doing a lot of shooting or or you're getting involved in combat in the game maybe you get better at that or or perhaps it's one of these games where you when you fail you improve i've always liked that i thought that was good because it takes it's that well i i I read about it in dungeon world originally that idea that you're learning by your mistakes and D D maybe not great at that it's maybe not great at that. Perhaps if you're running a, a sort of a dungeon crawl, and it, it makes more sense. But for exploration and other tasks, I think there's there's room for me to get a little bit creative, think outside the box, try out some new ideas. And I feel the the like the mechanisms are there within Fifth Edition. I'm not sure that I'm bringing the ideas all the time i could use advantage and disadvantage or inspiration for short-term buffs you, um, adventures in middle earth uses hit dice rewards these are all short-term things there's nothing to stop me from just giving out proficiencies and and this is something i'd be interesting i'd be interested to hear if other people playing D&D have given this much thought themselves and if so 
what do they do? Are, are they just using level progression, pure and simple, or are there other buffs that you award to players between times? Not necessarily even D&D. I mean, this is, I think, broadening out into a discussion about advancement, progression, all on the theme of bringing longevity to the campaign. If if you, you're seeking the longer game, you, you maybe want to move, move away from the drop-in, drop-out, or the one-shot. How, how are you doing that? And because an example always helps, let's call it jungle craft. When in the jungle, due to your experience of the environment, you get double your proficiency bonus on wisdom survival rolls. There you go. That's the sort of thing I'm wondering. You just, a point in time, say to the players, right, the folks that have been doing this and this, I'm awarding you this going forwards. Let's take another totally, totally random example. Barbarians of Lemuria. Just I've just plucked that one totally out of the air for no apparent reason. Say I'm a sailor. Um, that's my career. That was over the years. I've I've built up my sailoring skills, and I can I can use foul language, tie knots, scrub the decks, navigate, a few things like that. Just random random sailor stuff. If I spend uh, a year, two years, travelling the wilderness of a, a sword and sorcery jungle full of giant snakes and temples, how, how do I reflect that in, in just a random game like Barbarians of Lemuria, say? 